Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. Welcome back to another episode of the Street Justice Show. Larry Levine here on Chaos 101 FM. And Bold Brave Media out of New York. Got a lot of shit happening in the world. Shit happening in the news. Shit happening everywhere. I know I haven't been on in a while. Really wasn't supposed to be on this hour. I was going to take the second hour. Let me give you people, our listeners, the breakdown. Luna Spejo, who has been covering for me, running her show, uh, Behind the Walls, something like that, Street Justice. Beyond, behind, beyond the walls and beyond or something. I don't know. I don't keep track of this shit anymore. <laughs> She's got a, an issue with the DOJ. Now, they don't want Lynn. They're apparently uncomfortable with Lynn because she's been exposing shit on her blog. And she's been on the show now for several months. They got an issue with her going on air telling people about what's really happening. Apparently, the Department of Justice has gotten butthurt over that. So they're violating her rights, her right to free speech. I mean, the BOP, the Federal Bureau of Prisons Policy, gives her the right to essentially talk to the news media. You know, I mean, they're burning her. So I've got Sarah Foster with me. Sarah was supposed to co-host with Lynn tonight, but uh, looks like Sarah's going to be the primary host, and she's going to pick up on this. Second hour of the show, we're going to talk about the shit that happened in D.C. over at the Capitol on Wednesday. We've got a, a somebody calling in who was actually on the Capitol grounds, traveled from New York, went to the Capitol, was there firsthand as far as what happened. Larry Alger will be joining us also. He's got some inside video about people that he saw that actually went in a side door at the Capitol where the cops patted them on the back and greeted them. So uh, a lot of crazy shit. Anyway, let me just let our producer know, or our engineer in New York, uh, we'll do breaks on the half hour. We're not going to do 15s or 20s. 
because I want to keep this moving along. So, Sarah, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, Sarah, Thank you. you did federal time too, right? Yes, sir. I'm, you don't need I to call did, me, um... sir. I'm not a fucking <laughs> staff member. At the halfway house that she's, you know, because Lynn was released early due to COVID, you know. She was able to get out early. Oh, you know what? I got a problem cases. with that. Hold on a minute, honey. She wasn't released. She's not a furlough. Right. Well, she's, she's, you're right. She has a monitor on her ankle 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Did she tell you it was a designer, uh, like a designer ankle bracelet? Oh, she sends me a picture every Sunday in her one weekly outing uh, to go to church. <laughs> She's getting very creative at hiding it with her she? designer duds. Oh, yeah. We got absolutely. Sid Blitz on with us. He served time. I've known Sid Kelp 24, 25 years. Sid did time with me at several institutions. Former outlaw biker, although once you're an outlaw, you're always an outlaw. Sid, <laughs> in all the times yep. you were in custody and out of custody, did you ever wear an ankle bracelet? Never. Okay, and you were a dangerous person, allegedly. I got hit personally. <laughs> Narcotics trafficking, securities fraud, racketeering, obstruction of justice, machine guns. I never had an ankle bracelet on. I never had an ankle bracelet, no. Then you got Lynn I can't Espejo. believe y'all got out of that. Lynn Espejo, five foot one, what? Five foot one, five foot two? Very, not five foot nothing. Five foot nothing, probably under a hundred pounds, naked, right out of the shower. Here's a dangerous person. Okay, I'm terrified they, just talking about her. They put the a mind. The mind is a her. dangerous weapon, Larry. The mind is a dangerous weapon. The mind. They're they're scared of her, Sarah. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> they, they they may be ought to be. She's hey, going to do everything to- she can. To let everyone know all the things that they're doing inside of there, to you all the mistreatment of a, the inmates, the, the bullying, everything. <laughs> That's hey, boring. Sarah, I was an international fugitive for many years, living between Mexico <laughs> well, and New York. <laughs> well, you know, I'm feeling pretty pissed off because I was a drug dealer's <laughs> girlfriend, and I wore that ankle monitor six months myself. <laughs> well, you know what, Sarah. Um, you know, that whole thing with the gun in the safe and the drugs in the hip. We used to see guys come in. What would they call that, Larry? The magic triangle? The gun's yeah, like over here at this house. The drugs are over the here. Gun was over 50, here. Wait, wait. Sid, the gun was what? 50 miles away. Right. <laughs> you sold some weed here. The gun right. and the drugs never had any reasonable proximity to each other. They never got to meet up and say hi and shake hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, and you're here, you're in the you're in the other point of the triangle, and they go and they pop your ass, and they try to tie it all together. I mean, if you got – tell you a quick story. I had a client years ago. I'm driving on the highway. This guy calls me. He was like in fucking Montana or somewhere. This kid got hit with weed. And there was, uh, he had a hunting rifle locked in a 22, locked in a gun safe. He was slinging weed. Cops come to his house, but he wasn't selling weed out of his house. They bust his ass on the weed charge. And his lawyer gets him a plea agreement. His public pretender gets him a plea agreement where he's going to plead out to the weed and he's going to take his, a gun charge. His worthless dump truck lawyer. Dumb truck. So I Dumb like truck. tell the guy, hold on a minute. I pull off the highway. I go, let's start over. And I said, look, 
there's no reason you should be charged with that gun. The gun didn't have reasonable proximity. It wasn't used in your crime. Your lawyer's fucking you. So here's what I want you to do. When you go into court, because he was going to plead out, I said uh, he was pleading out to like seven years, five on the gun, two on the weed. He said, plead guilty to the weed because they could prove that. Plead not guilty to the gun. I said, now they're going to be all pissed off and fired up. I fucking guarantee you. He goes, really? I go, just fucking do it. Watch this. He goes into court, pleads to the weed, pleads not guilty on the gun. The prosecutor looks at the defense lawyer and says, I thought we had a deal here. And the <laughs> yeah. judge says, no, I'll so allow that. We'll take, we'll take him to trial on the gun. We'll plead on the weed. Well, meanwhile, the guy would not have been RDAP eligible, obviously, because of the firearm, just like you weren't, Sarah that that gun would have fucked him. So the prosecutor tells the lawyer, the defense lawyer, that we're going to hang him. They harp this poor kid for about a month, and I told him, you just sit fucking tight. They're not going to get you on the gun. They're trying to fuck you. Calls me up about six weeks later. Guess what, Larry? They dropped the gun charge. I said, yeah, no shit they did. So now, (laughs) instead of getting the... uh, five years for the gun and two for the weed. The judge ended up sentencing the kid for like 30 months, got 30 months on the weed, got right into RDAP. And he did just a little over a year and a half, all because he called me up. And this is how they fuck people. Are you still on paper, sir? Are you out? What's your status? Yeah, no, I'm on probation. You're not on probation. You're on supervisory release. There's yes, that's what I'm on. Hey, people Sarah, I got a question in the for feds, you. Hold yeah. on. People that get probation okay. in the feds, that's their sentence is probation. You don't go into custody if you get probation. Anyway, I run my fucking gums enough. Uh, Sid, you were saying something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask Sarah. So, Sarah, the boyfriend who was living with you, what kind of a drug dealer was he? What were you selling? Well, a, a variety of things, but we were, you know, charged for mess. It was mess. So you're you're a little bit of a supermarket. You had some oxys, you had some meth, you had some yeah. weed, maybe a little coke. You were pretty much you were like yes. a, a ninety nine cent variety store for the neighborhood, right? <laughs> right, basically. And you were, were. I'm assuming you were probably partaking in the party goods. Yes, yes, that was my specialty. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> hey, so what happened to the drug dealer idiot that you were with? He um, he also went went to prison. He got 15. Wow. He's obviously <laughs> still in. Right. So, but, you know, listen, I paid the attorney um, in a Ziploc, a gallon-sized Ziploc full of $100 bills, and he made me think that I was getting such an amazing deal that he had got my gun charge dropped. Well, long and behold, <laughs> I received a gun enhancement, which still gave me There's an additional three, three years added to my sentence. See, <laughs> and then, that's the fucking game they play. We're going to drop that gun charge. It's kind of like the guy that goes into a bank. He robs the bank. Count one is the bank robbery. Count two is the gun charge. Prosecutor says, well, we're going to give you a deal. We're going to drop that gun charge. We're just going to get you on the bank robbery. Eric, oh, okay, great. Thank you. Then it's sentencing. Sarah, are you familiar with the term relevant conduct? 
Yes, but enlighten me a little, if you will. Relevant <laughs> conduct means that we're going to sentence you for something you weren't charged with because we knew that you did it anyway. It's like if yeah, you had committed a crime, that's what happened to you. You got Absolutely. an enhancement for the gun, but you weren't charged with the gun. It's like you go in and you do, let's say you did five bank robberies and counts uh, four through uh are two through five are dismissed altogether. But meanwhile, they look at the dollar loss from all the other bank robberies you did, even though you weren't charged with it. They stack it on you and they give you more time. That's what happened to you. Yeah, exactly. What did, what was Lynn? I mean, do you know what was Lynn pop for? She was working for a doctor or something. Wasn't she? You know, right. her story? I, I'm, I'm really not for sure i can't remember exactly but it was some type of um you know medicaid something but you know medicaid fraud something like that i I really can't remember oh fire putting in invoices to the government and getting paid for shit that didn't really happen oh she got wire fraud tax fraud and money laundering charges well well money laundering is every dollar you put in the bank and it comes out that's money laundering wire is every time they send the money to a different account, that's a charge. Uh, that's how that works. They can stack you up with 9,900 gallons. Well, they probably did a round trip on Lynn. The round trip charges, we'll just play around numbers here, $1,000. So you defraud, you commit a crime with $1,000, money comes in. And as Sid said, Money goes back out. So that $1,000 goes somewhere else. So now your crime yep. involves $2,000, even though it's the same fucking money. Two charges. And then they stack you 2B1.1 in the guidelines. I believe it's that guideline statute. They add all those dollars up, and that's how it reaches a certain dollar amount. And Lynn's a smart woman. So they probably – I would imagine they enhanced her for – sophisticated scheme. I mean, I haven't looked at her case, abusive trust, something. And they gave her all that time. But see, Lynn is a threat. Lynn is a threat to what they call the good orderly running of the institution. They used to fuck with me on this all the time. I'd throw it back in their fucking face. I mean, they tried to release me six months early just to get rid of me. I told them I'm not leaving, I'm staying, and I'm going to fuck you people right to the last minute and tell you how I'm doing it. And I got serious shit. I did. I filed a class action habeas against the BOP when they illegally moved us from uh, Nevada to Texas. I caused the DOJ to move hundreds of people all over the country. And I warned them ahead of time not to fuck with me. But you know what? They thought they were smarter than me. So it is what it is. But hey, now hey, they've got, got a, a hard on for Lynn. Lynn. What's that? Let kid? me just tell you. Let me just tell you a little story about Lynn. They okay. had these steel-toed boots that you would have to wear to visitation. Everybody had to wear steel-toed boots to visitation. It, Why? They didn't Safety care factor. If, if you had a soft shoe pass. If you went to visitation, you had to wear steel-toed boots. Okay, I well, know everybody at everywhere I was at had to wear something. I didn't. Clothes. That's generally your work assignment. Right. No. Well, they included that at the institution we were at, and they included that for visitations. Well, Lynn has some sort of screw in her ankle or some sort of thing. Lynn did not, Lynn didn't like those boots. 
and she did not want to wear those boots to visitation. They hurt her, they hurt her ankle. So Lynn gets out the, she gets out the, the handbook, and she finds in there that there is no, nothing in policy saying that you have to wear steel toe boots to visitation. Well, so do you know what an institutional, right hold on, on do you there? know what an institutional, wait, hold on a second. Sarah, do you know what an institutional supplement is? Yeah, that's like the, the they can change each uh, rule. At each BOP has right? program statements that are applied universally across the country. That's the real policy. Then you got these fucking cocksuckers that manage the institution, the ward and the associate ward and all these sawed off motherfuckers. And they put out institutional supplements that allows them to change policy or locally for the institution. So what you're saying is that they were requiring the inmates to wear the boots. Lynn found out they weren't allowed to do that. And yes, what did she did. do? So there's she wrote them up. Her <laughs> supplement says that shoes could be worn to visitation, not boots. So yes, she wrote them up and then she had her soft shoe pass and she had all her documents and she went up there to visitation after she had written them up. The captain or somebody told her that she could wear the shoes to visitation. So she gets up there to visitation in her shoes. They start throwing a fit saying she has to have the boots. She refuses to go put the boots on. They have her husband in that in that visiting room. I'm telling y'all, two, three hours waiting on her to go put those fucking shoes on. And she would not do it. She finally, I don't know if they called the captain at home or they called the warden. They ended up just giving up and letting her in with the with the tennis shoes on. But I'm telling you, it was always just one thing or another. Once she had it in her mind that, you know, that they had violated a policy, she would get that policy. She would fight them on it and she would suffer the consequences. They would tear up her room, take her, you know, unauthorized shorts. I mean, you know, and she bought everything. She had a receipt for sure. everything. She was very well documented, but I'm telling you, they. So, uh, how many? Pl- honey, hold on. How many places? How many spots were you at? I stayed at that same institution the entire uh, my entire bit. Really? So you didn't get the BOP full treatment? Sid and I were at several <laughs> different places. I was at eleven different places. <laughs> yeah, you actually got, got diesel therapy. <laughs> yeah, well, I stayed at places for a long time too. But hey, Sarah, I, I got the full BOP treatment. Now, do you know why they did this? Is because the staff are so fucking stupid. Let me give a shout out yep. to my inmate number for the BOP people who are listening. One one seven four two one one two. Look me up in Sentry, motherfuckers. I know your game. They're not all completely stupid, but enough of them are. They don't know their own policy. And that's because they keep changing it. That's because they keep changing the policies. Hello, I'm Nicole. Hey, Hey. Nicole, how you doing, hon? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Trinity, Texas. I just got transferred from Pearland, Texas, because uh, it was a horrible situation. And the only reason I got transferred was because the person that I was staying with got flipped with the halfway house people and they thought I was in danger. So they hurried up and moved me, but I'm so you're still on right community now. custody or are you fun. on paper? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, and you were talking earlier about how you got everybody moved around. Well, my, my PO was, uh, she said, I'm the first in her career that's been released three years, eight months early because of the care. Wow. Oh, so, well, hold on. Hold on a minute. 
Are you still property of the BOP? Yes, I am. So you haven't you been have that released. ankle monitor, You're Nicole? on a furlough. Yes, I still have an ankle monitor on, and yes, they consider it You're, a furlough. You're and on a any furlough. Point you know, back in March back. when they started doing this shit, I put shit out saying this is all an okie doke. You know what they're doing. They're shuffling oh. people around, and you might want to pack your bags, and here's why. I have this from a good source. I got a place moving inmates around the country. <laughs> they're closing institutions. And they're going in, and they're going to steam clean these places. I mean, really deep clean them for the virus. Then yep. they're going to put people on the outside and bring them somewhere and put them in quarantine. Then they're going to start repopulating and bringing people back. And I hate to tell you that because you've got so much time left, you're primed for a return trip. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely do. And here's the thing. Um, I'm 57 years old, and what they say and how they act and all the way they change shit around to try to jack the people, I'm I'm, I'm as bad as Lynn. I just don't give a fuck. I for real don't. Because look here. You're going to feed me. You're going to house me. I got showers. I got air conditioner. I can do what I want pretty much as far as in my own head. And so, um, and I got people that love me out here in the free world. Listen, fellas, Nicole is an old biker gal. I'm telling y'all right now. Oh, wow. There you go, Sid. That's why you like her. I like her, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a backpack. I ride my own You sure you ain't fender fluff? Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, Nicole, it's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing well. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Hey, Nicole, hold on. You were like a one percenter chick, huh? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I don't know about one percent, but I'm definitely outlaw. You know what? Are I'm you half a percent? Are you are you from Are you from Texas? No, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, but I've lived That's in the outlaw, outlaw territory. That's outlaw. Yeah, yeah, I, well, there, there's, yeah, there's a charter. There's a chapter up there of HAs and a few other clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been riding since I was well. My dad's a biker, so I've been riding with my dad since I was probably about three or four years old. And then, of course, I hung around the boys and did the uh, did the dirt bike stuff. And once I seen and heard a Harley, I was like, oh hell yeah! So yeah, I've had four Harleys my own self. But yeah, I'm not a backpack. So <laughs> we call it. And, so, and so so can we call you instead of calling you Nicole? Can we call you Nikki? You ever you like that? Yes. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. You call me Nikki. Yeah. Nikki. Okay. Tricky hey, Nikki. All right. Tricky Nikki. Listen up. Were you in Harley? They used to call me Tricky Nikki. Huh? I bet they did. <laughs> so, Nikki, were you over there at Brian also? Yes, I was. For three. So, you were there. Hold on. Almost. You were there with Sarah and with Lynn, weren't you? Yes, I was. So, what? Do you, give yes. me a reflection. Give our listeners a reflection. What what well, what did you see? What did you observe? What did you experience as far as how institutional staff treated Lynn and how she reacted and responded? Give us a first-hand example. Well, um, first of all, she was pretty much uh, a, a quite a bit more intelligent than the staff, and so that was a well, challenge. That's not hard, but okay. Itself. That was a challenge for the staff in itself. 
And so, you know, you've got ghetto people working at a facility that is supposed to be, you know, feds are supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, top-notch police, bad whatever, whatever. And then you get there and it's like, what? Who are these fucking it's idiots that can't count to five? <laughs> well, here's the exactly. thing. It's kind of like a chihuahua going up against a great Dane. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got a chance. <laughs> You know, and so, and then when they find out that. In other words, you can smell it, but you can't get to it. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) And I changed the name of it from federal prison camp to federal lesbian camp because that's all that was there, including the staff. Nikki, Nikki, they weren't lesbian. They were just gay for the stay, as they say. Oh, oh, well. they're, all, they're all pregnant now, uh, Nicole. <laughs> they're all married and pregnant. <laughs> so you're the way, Nikki, know, so what you're saying is there was a lot of chicks there that were eating at the Y. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I like to call it, you know, the, I like to call it slap, tickle, scratch, and sniff. They just don't know what they want to do, you know? Um <laughs> So we all everybody needs a little attention once in a <laughs> And you know what? It's been a minute since I had any, but I still ain't going that far. You know, I always used to say, if I want to play with pussy, I got one. So, I'm jealous. I did 10 years. I was in 11 different wow. places. And I have wow, people wow. ask me still to this day, like, well, what did you do for sex when you were in there? And I look at him square in the eye and say, well, let me tell you what I didn't do. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't take one for the team. Uh, no. <laughs> didn't switch it. <laughs> didn't switch it. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. So far, engineer I, I, is cutting. Well, hold wait, on. Let I, me I see. We're supposed I got to... two questions. I got two questions. Well, hold on. We're supposed to be cutting to a commercial. Sean, okay, oh, okay. we're 30 seconds out to a commercial. All right. I okay. want to thank everyone who's listening. We're going to cut to a commercial here on the Street Justice Show here on Chaos101FM.com and BoldBraveMedia.com out of Long Island, New York. 866-451-1451. We'd love to hear from you if you got half a fucking brain. And we're going to be right back with you. So keep on listening for more antics. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. 
Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. French Rastafarian baker Chef Ugmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with accompanying empowerment cards. She is a Spirit Book of the Year Gold Medal Living Now Book Award winner. And her book is a number one Amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the Living Now Spirit Book of the Year. An inspirational speaker, MJ will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life. Your life did not just happen to you. You chose it, which means you can change it. Visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one -on -one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. Welcome back to the Street Justice Show on Chaos 101 FM out of Los Angeles and BoldBraveMedia.com out of Long Island, New York. Got uh, Sarah Cooper with us. She did time at uh, Bryant Federal Prison Camp <laughs> along with Linda Spejo, who's really supposed to be here today, but the BOP's got an issue with her doing this show. We got Tricky Nikki is with us from Texas. <laughs> got Sid Blitz is with us from Venice Beach, California. Scott Lasick, Little Rock, California. And uh, who else is with us? Is Len Uncle still with us in Santa Clarita? Uh, I'm still right here. Len is still here. Len's waiting for the for the next hour, and we're going to be talking about the shit that went on in D.C. Who have I missed? Is Gary Cook with us? Larry Alger? Len, Len Williams from Oklahoma. Len Williams. Okay, is uh, 
Is Scott Scott Lisa, who, who did I fucking miss? I missed somebody. You got me. Larry, Larry Cook is not on with us. Is Don Marie with yeah, us I'm, from Michigan? Don did time I'm in here. the feds too. Up at I forget where she was at. She'll be joining us. Uh, she was like one of the first people charged under the Espionage Act or something. Said she sold spy. shit to Saddam Hussein or something <laughs> She's like that. Spy. <laughs> She's a spy. She's got a book coming out, uh, The Unintentional Spy, where she was, I guess, doing shit with the CIA and she didn't know it. But I'm not even going to touch on that. If uh, Dawn wants to talk about her shit, she will. <laughs> so before we cut to a break, we had Nikki uh, talking to us, and uh, she was telling us shit about Lynn at, at the Bryant camp. We were talking about, on the break, I guess we were talking about shoes that inmates wear. Just some advice for some of you people who haven't been to prison yet. Maybe you're going to go. It's not a bad gig, depending on where you go. Maybe you'll get some peace and quiet. Get the oldest fucking pair of boots you can, okay? Yes. Don't be a fucking boot snob. They want a brand new pair. Oh, aren't those nice? Well, guess what? That brand new pair of boots you put on are going to fuck yes, up sir. your feet. They're going to fuck up your toes. They're going to fuck up your ankles. You want the oldest serviceable pair of boots you can find that have already been broken in. And you could just and walk so through that the, camp like you're just wanted to walk on the same water. Fucking Look, if you do want to wear a brand new pair of boots, get you some uh, some pillow pads, you know, the kind that you use for your uh, 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 menstrual cycle, because you're going to need them in your in your boots to pad your little toes. When they're I don't think they're going to sell those they, to your Larry. They would not give me pads the entire time. <laughs> Damn them people. Scott, that was Damn because me. you hadn't had your sex. That's Scott Lasick in Little Rock, California. Scott hadn't had his sex change yet, though, had you, Scott? I thought he already did. No, still had. Yeah, I was, still, I was pre-op, and I still, still am. Larry, Larry, well, yeah. I want to circle back around to the the, the latest, um, you know, crime against humanity that Lynn has caused for the B, uh, BOP. Okay, so uh, somebody hired a a, a a nonprofit hired a mobile billboard, and it drove in front of the Bryan Federal Prison Camp Institution, and it parked it drove in front on the of property the prison. Also. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the, on the billboard, it was bringing light to the fact that the warden had isolated an entire unit in, at Bryan nice. for over seven weeks, denying them email or phone contact. And so it was trying to bring awareness to the fact that these women who had all had been they, they, shut down COVID Twitter. Cases, they were put into a single room, um, 70 women, all with COVID on cots. They shared one bathroom, one shower. And they kept him in isolation, not for the seven days that, um, you know, that the health department says they should be in isolation, but for weeks and weeks at a time. So anyway, you know, Lynn had been playing a part in trying to bring awareness to this COVID situation. There's a lot of people suffering inside the walls right now with COVID. The, the, staff, <clears throat> treating, the staff is treating them like it's their fault. Like, you know, nobody wants to be dealing with COVID patients, but guess what? That's that's part of you cashing your paycheck each week. You know, guess what? In you know what? you hit it on the nose right there. Yes. I had they to were, put staff oh. on notice at more than one place when I needed something and tell them. I'm not asking you to do me a fucking favor, numbnuts. This is your fucking job. 
Yeah, thank you. Do your, your fucking job. job. Exactly. So that billboard, that working, billboard went viral. They chose and they, to work with human beings. Exactly. Now, hold on a second. Let me ask Nicole and Sarah this. I know we've got another woman on the line. Uh, honey, what's your name? It ain't honey. Lynn. 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 Okay. She's from Oklahoma. Okay, gotcha. So, not Lynn Espejo. Not Lynn Espejo. How did the COVID, hold on, how did the COVID get into the institution? Well, well the, 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 the kitchen staff brought it in and there were uh, three girls. Forget about kitchen or fucking front gate. It was the BOP. It was on a spatula. Fucking COVID-19 virus into the Bryant Federal Prison Camp caused all these women to get infected with the virus. And then they penalize the women because of their own fuck up. This exactly. is the BOP. They didn't want them communicating with their family and telling them what was happening there. So they cut off all communication for seven weeks. This went on. Wow. Yes. yes. Now, I'm going to tell you what, that that uh, billboard went viral, and people, I have a friend that has a pen pal in Australia, and he was speaking to her about the billboard that they saw, I don't know if it was on Twitter or where, nice. but all the way up in Australia, that they, uh, yeah, they, they saw the pictures of the billboard, and, yeah, mobile billboard. Well, you know, it's really honestly a little scary for Lynn right now as her friend, because she is furloughed, and I'm afraid that, you know, they're already working towards their latest retaliation against her. I'm afraid that the marshals will show up to her house and take uh, her right back what? to this COVID infection. So I'm working with so Lynn. I'm giving her some guidance and advice. They could really pop anybody for any reason, but at this point, exactly, they don't want her back. I'm telling you. She's four and a right, half Larry. months. She's four and a half months to believe me. I know I did 10 in 11 different places. They moved me around a lot because I was helping so many fucking right. people. She'll just get they more ammo if they put her back in there. She'll find out more. Well, there you go. Scott Lasik is right. They'll find, she'll find out more. It's easier. Just let's leave her on the outside. Let's try to limit what she can do. And hopefully we will be back on air next week running this show. Cause I kind of retired of sorts, but I haven't. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> they don't want her exposing shit. They hate that. They hate intelligent inmates. The whole system is designed to scare people. I mean, if exactly. let's put it like this. Everybody who's actually done federal time was on with me. If the BOP just followed their own policies, didn't fuck with the inmates, and the shit was consistent, would it really be that bad? No, no, I don't know. So. Aside from being away from your family, well, no. Well, okay, but that's part of the punishment. Let's talk about conditions. It wouldn't be that bad, but they just have it in their mind. All right, does anyone besides me know how long their training academy is at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Glencoe, Georgia? Does anyone know how what, long that weeks? is? 47 oh, no, minutes. Ten minutes? No, it's five. No, it's twenty-one days long. 
Really? Uh, wow. How long is the average law enforcement academy in the United States? Six months? Nine months? But, something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's six months. Yep, 180 days. Okay. Yeah. They send these cocksuckers for 21 days. It's funny. When I was in, uh, I forget what institution, I was at so many of them. One of the cops' wives was a manager at McDonald's, and he said that the McDonald's managerial training program was more extensive and had more responsibility and more training than going to the BOP's training academy. Well, they have wow. to do it. When it comes down to it, they're glorified babysitters is all they are. Absolutely. And when reality slaps them in the face, they don't like that shit neither. I tell no. you. I had a I had an associate warden when I was at Latuna in Texas. I was running shit in the law library. I was your jailhouse litigator. I don't call it jailhouse lawyer because it counts. Sounds kind of cheap. I was getting people's traffic tickets dismissed and shit, getting people concurrent time so they can go on community custody. And I would send what's called a conforming copy of what I was doing to your custodian, which is the warden. So I was sending them copies of the shit I was doing. Well, my shit was so good. They actually thought it was shit that came from the court and they were removing detainers off people. No shit. Wow. And this shit wasn't signed by a judge. It was just a copy of a motion. Well, they figured out that, Hey, we've got a problem here. Somebody's drawing shit up. So I'm in the law library in uh, El Paso over at Latuna, which is a fucked up place. Warden comes in, or the associate warden comes in, and he says, which one of you is Levine? I go, that would be me. And he holds up a motion, which I did for some kid who was on a meth charge up from Bakersfield. It was a traffic ticket. I wanted to get this kid shit sentenced in the state court so he can get concurrent time in the feds, which is pretty routine. The guy tells me that I'm... And he was a little sawed-off motherfucker, too, named Wayne Hortman. He had no fucking neck. Looked like an evil leprechaun. You know how these BOP people are. And he, yeah, you're laughing. You know who these people are. So he said, I do, I do. you can't do this. You're falsifying court documents. And I grabbed it out of his hand. I said, actually, I can do this. I said, your own policy says that I can do this. Then he tells me I can't use pleading paper. You all know what pleading paper is? No, I don't. That's the legal papers that have the numbers on the left-hand side. Yeah, I would 28 draw my pleading shit up. Paper. Yeah, yeah, I would draw my shit up using pleading paper. He goes, you can't do this. He goes, if you keep on doing this, I'm going to put you in a USP for 30 years. This guy has a dumbass telling me this. And I go, you've got about as much fucking authority to put me in a USP for 30 years as a hair on his ass. And I point to the lieutenant who's there with him, the operations lieutenant. I said, first of all, your own policy says I can do it. I said, but I'll tell you what, if you don't want me helping people with legal work, that's fine. Why don't you write me a written order telling me that I can't do this? Send a copy, give me a copy of it, and let's send a copy out to my lawyer. As soon as my lawyer has that, I'll stop doing it. Now, you know they never did that because I knew my show. They can't tell me I can't do that. Well, they actually, they could tell me anything. But most people yeah. would back down. And I told this sawed-off cocksucker, now, if you don't have anything else, I'm busy. If you need to get a hold of me, reach out to me later. 
I turned around and ignored him, and he fucking steamed out of there, you know? You've got to call these people out on shit. And this guy, the staff was terrified of him. You know how the staff is sometimes terrified of the warden or the AW? Yes. They would see me out on the compound. And this was behind the fence. This wasn't in a camp somewhere. And I would be standing there next to the warden, moving my hands around crazy, pointing and shouting at him. And he'd be doing the same shit, shouting shit back at me. And the staff saw this. Now, the staff knew that I wasn't afraid of this guy. And if I'm not afraid of the guy you're afraid of, do they really think I was afraid of them? They just left me alone. You know, as I said this earlier, I don't know if I said this earlier on the show, I put the staff on notice. I said, you know what? Don't fuck with me. What I'm doing has nothing to do with you. This is between me and Washington. This is a job. You have a mortgage to pay, a wife and kids to support. Treat this as a job. Now, if you want to fuck with me, this is great. You keep in mind that I'm going to have my investigators go out and interview your neighbors. We're going to ask if you're involved in child pornography. We're not saying you are. We're just asking. Then the next step yeah. is they're going to go to where your wife works and interview her coworkers. Do you really need these kind of problems? And they weren't completely stupid. Because when you have several hundred or several thousand inmates to fuck with, are you going to fuck with the one inmate that knows the system better than you? They wouldn't right. even shake my locker down. And the point I'm trying to make here, I'm not trying to toot my own fucking horn. They're afraid of people like Linus Spejo. They're afraid of people like me. They're afraid of any inmate, anyone that has knowledge and understands the system and understands policies and understands rights. They don't like us at all. And that's why they're hammering Lynn yes. about coming onto the show. They know that she can come on. They really do. But nobody wanted, they, they told uh, the PO or they told Lynn, they gave, they got, they reached out. Someone reached back out to Lynn and told her, I forget who it was, that, well, we need to make a decision. They need to make a decision whether or not she could really do this. The fact if is, I'm not nobody, it was the halfway house people that got on to her, were asking her questions if she was doing this and doing that. And she was like, well, yes. I have my podcast. Yes, I'm doing this. Yes, I have the radio show. Oh, you have the radio show? Oh, well, wait a minute. We need to check and see if you can do that. And she's like, well, wait a minute. Freedom of speech, what are you talking about? So see, they talked to nobody her. Will, hold on. And, they, and she just laughed at them. But when nobody, nobody, where, nobody in the chain of command, or Lynn, nobody in the chain of command, who is basically responsible for Lynn wants to take a position on anything. And that's the BOP. Nobody wants to take a position on anything. So what these fuckers are doing is essentially leaving Lynn in limbo, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll get back to you. Yeah. When Jesus is supposed to come back, it's only been over 2000 fucking years. When are you going to get back to me? 2000 years from now? Four months from now, probably. Well, that's why Lynn is not on with us. But Lynn is with us in spirit. See, they can't prevent Lynn from listening. They can't do it. Oh, absolutely so not. Lynn is aware of everything that we're saying. And Lynn, why don't you message me? Is there anything that you want me to add? Message it to me, okay? And I'll say it. I'll say it right now. 
Lynn, uh, let's see, medical was awful. There were no oh, doctors God. on site, only PAs. All right, ladies, so you were there. There were physician's assistants there. It was actually pretty normal. Did they speak English, or were they, like, from Africa or something, from some fucking well, weird island at the somewhere? end, it, in the end, it was like we had two that were from, like, the islands, but from the time that I was there in 2016 until 19, towards the end of 19, we had um, a couple of, they were white ladies, and uh, basically totally rude. Smoker. I mean, oh, my God. Were they public but, health you know, service? Were they, hold on, were they wearing, like, Navy-type uniforms? No, yes, we one have of them one. was Miss Turner did. Yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, you're right. They are you health. They work for Health and Human Services. It's kind of like why the Surgeon General is called Admiral. They have mm-hmm. naval rank. They're part of the uniformed services, but they're not really military. Came about right. like in the 17 or 1800s when we had all these merchant ships traveling all over the world, and they had to get their health shit taken care of. So they gave the public health service naval rank so they could give people, they put them in a position of authority so they could give orders. And these right. people, they're, I, mean, I don't want to say they're not really trained, but they use the inmates kind of as guinea pigs on shit. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we had a lady that was there, Miss Captain uh, Coombs, and she was sick with pneumonia. And they kept sending her back to Madison, telling her to drink plenty of fluids and do ibuprofen, blase, blase. She was an elderly lady, sweet as ever, had her parents, 90 years old, three children, two months to the door, ended up, they kept sending her back three or four different times. Finally, they sent her to the hospital where she died because they didn't pay attention to her. Uh-huh. Now, we had One time Brazil, I... she... Go ahead, baby. One time I broke my foot, broke my foot, they told me to stop being so dramatic and sent me back to the unit. With Motrin, I bet. I, I finally <laughs> went back some there. Yeah. Take two I finally that's, See, that's the BOP's, that is the BOP's magic bullet. They tell you, well, here, take two Motrin. Motrin for everything. Yeah. Drink some water. That's what they told drink, us. Yeah, here's well, the, Brian, the best thing Brian is never, go, never go in to get any medical services done. <laughs> Yeah. Well, See, I actually had a, listen. I, I had, had it pretty good. I had stents put in me. I had physical therapy. They brought out the fucking MRI truck. I went to a neurologist on the outside because they thought it was easier. See, some people do administrative remedies and they do like what I call D or F shit. My stuff was A plus. And I had staff members tell me that they just gave me what I, whatever I wanted. They just give the Jew what he wants. We don't need him writing us up. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I had senators and congressmen writing me when I was in I there. I used to work on a mobile MRI scanner scanning uh, inmates. Yeah, it was probably you that fucked the machine up. That's why I've got a limp. And I remember no, I when I was over in San Bernardino. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was at Latuna. It was in uh, at Latuna in El Paso, Texas. Yeah, it wasn't me. And I got a letter from John McKean. This is really funny. So they called me to the lieutenant's office to get my, no, no, the the case manager's office, to get the letter, you know, legal mail. They got to call you in. Yeah. And they open the letter, they shake it out. There's no pubic hair drugs in there. You know the game. So I go, okay, thank you. Pubic hair makes it more fun. Open it. 
I didn't even read it in front of him. And the guy says to me, well, what does it say? I go, oh, hold on. So I open it up. I look at it and I shake my head. I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Meanwhile, some other cocksucker staff member joined in, came in the office. Well, what did Senator McCain say? And I go, it says that you're all fucked and you need to cover your asses. If I was you, I'd hire a fucking lawyer. And I put it back in the envelope and walked out. Figure I would leave them a little <laughs> off balance on the way out, you know? But you got to yeah. call them out on shit. We got five minutes yeah. left in this segment. So uh, who's got something to say about Bryant? Let's spend this last five. I've talked enough. I probably monopolized this shit, but somebody had to take control of this segment. Well, what else can we say so about her other than she's a smart woman, she's got her shit together, and the BOP just wants to fuck her? I think, uh, with her. honestly, from, from my and not in a good point, way. Whenever, whenever I was in Bryant, I was afraid to do administrative anything because really? of retaliation. Absolutely. I came shit, from they a, wouldn't even shake my fucking locker down. Uh, I, to me, I had a street mentality where it was like a, I felt like it was a form of snitching, and I just didn't want to deal with it. It was just easier just to take their shit and to not have them in my life. And you know, I, I had I had a lot of suffering for a lot in a lot of different situations because I wasn't brave enough to go up against them. So hey, really, hang on one second. Who's breathing heavy in the phone like they're watching gay porn? Right. Scott. Whoever is breathing heavy in the phone, we're hearing that on the air. We don't want to fucking hear you breathing heavy, okay? That's weird. So either shut the fuck up or hang the fuck up. Get off the show or move the phone from your mouth. Yeah, we prefer you hang up. Well, I've got plenty of hang ups in my life. The point is, yeah, hit your mute button. Well, as I was saying before the breather, the breather. Oh, I'm sorry. It's this conversation that put me to sleep. My apologies. <laughs> hey, really? hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Yeah, Sid. Circling, circling back to the BOP, I was a little bit more fortunate than you because I went through the BOP before the BOP got really shitty. My first, my tour, first tour through the BOP. I went to, after I did some time at uh, Lompoc, we went through a big riot. I wound up in a place called Boron, which was a secret military base uh, outside of uh, Death Valley. And we had a swimming pool up there. So on, Sunday, so on Sundays, you know, we all sat around the swimming pool with our coolers and our margarita mix and our alcohol what? and our headphones. And, Isn't that you know, the California City facility? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. I was in California City facility. I was Sid and I were at Cal City when it we opened. We were there. That was later. That's so what when I, I first went to the BOP at Nellis, Nellis Air Force Base is where I first started. Uh, I walked in. I snorted two big lines of Coke and brought in a big, huge duffel bag with all my personal clothes. And the lady goes, <laughs> why are you so happy? And I said, well, I never, got, I never was told I could go shopping before I had to go to jail. So I said, I went shopping. Here I am. I'm ready. But what happened, what happened is, is at that time, the BOP had well under 100,000 inmates of very few females. And at that point in time, the BOP was a very, very cushy, 
cool place if you're going to go do time. But you have to be a serious criminal to get to the BOP because that's federal. But once you got there, like I said, it was a different atmosphere. They didn't have the crowds. They didn't have the mentality. What happened is, is our fabulous president, Reagan, with his fucking mandatory minimums and and, uh, Rockefeller, changed all that. And they passed the mandatory minimums, which they put into effect in the late 80s. And then they decided that prison was way too cushy. And somebody wrote an article because they went up to the woodpile in Oregon. I think it's Oregon. And uh, what's the name of that prison up there, Larry? I think it's outside of Portland. Sheridan. Whatever. And, And they had tennis courts and they had knitting classes and they had arts and crafts and painting. They had all this shit going on, weight piles. And somebody went up there and they said, oh, look at these guys. They're playing golf. They're playing tennis. Going to prison ain't so bad. And the Congress behind Reagan came back and said, no more cushy shit. Get rid of all the golf courses. Get rid of the tennis courses. Get rid of the swimming pools. You know, make this tough. Make going to jail tough. So we became a tough, a tough attitude on crime. Yeah. And then I came back and I met you, Larry. <laughs> There you did. <laughs> and there were no I met you at the court. Federal Metropolitan Detention Center in Los Angeles. That's right. That's Shit, right. like uh, 23 years ago, 24 years ago, something like that. I don't know, quite some wow. time. And hey, to the girlfriend of his boyfriend, got her jammed up on the drug shit. That guy's a piece of shit. I never got one of my ex-force wives jammed up in any of my crimes. I kept them yeah. like yeah. mushrooms. I kept them in a closet. I kept them well-fed and dark, and they didn't know shit that was going on. So when the feds grabbed them, they just said, I don't know what he's doing. You had girlfriends? I had had (laughs) wives and girlfriends, sometimes at the same time. That's why my wife doesn't know my activity. As far as the girl that's a Harley rider, do you have somebody that's going to give you a Harley when you get out, babe? You got got Um, a a brother like that? Yeah, I'm working right. on it right now. I got my I got my basket oh. case going. All right, we're, we're going to cut to September. I'm coming down. We to are going to cut to with a group of OGs, and I'd sure like to meet up with you. So you let me. All right, we're going to cut to a Harley. commercial break here on the Street Justice Show. <laughs> we're going to shift into our second hour. Everybody is uh, welcome to stay with us, and we're going to talk about the shit that went on in D.C. On Wednesday, huh. got some knowledgeable people that will be joining us. So 866-451-1451. We're going to be right back here with you. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. 
Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interests through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamreg01 at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a passionate book that tells the true story of author Rhonda Knutson's journey through the darkness and adversity of abuse. The book takes readers on an emotional trail from the depths of despair to the heights of forgiveness and understanding. She was inspired to help others, and her book is a vital tool through this process. Faithful to God and devotional to her beacon of hope, Rhonda Knutson is a perfect example of finding a guiding light that helped her come through the dark and into the light. Her book can assist you in overcoming your challenges with abuse. The publication of Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a triumphant achievement, and it can help you take ownership of your own experience of abuse and come through stronger than before. Rhonda is currently working on two more books, Shadows of Corruption and Coast to Coast on a Piece of Toast. To read more about this inspiring author and purchase her books, visit RhondaKnutson.com or go to www.amazon.com. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the Word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. 
Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Larry Levine, self-taught in criminal law and tired of seeing people getting ripped off or burned by the system, is ready to talk one-on-one with you. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's who's a better liar. And now the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. Welcome back to the Street Justice Show with Larry Levine on BBMGlobal.com out of Long Island, New York, and Chaos 101 FM out of Los Angeles. Just had a wild first hour on the show. We were talking about how women are being mistreated in the federal prison system in Bryant, Texas, at the uh, federal prison camp. Linda Spejo was supposed to take the first hour, moderate the show, but DOJ has a problem with her. Imagine that. They don't want her coming on the air, violating her rights to free speech. That's an issue that's uh, ongoing. We'll talk more about that next week. Anyway, anyone who hasn't been asleep or maybe hungover or drunk must know about the shit that went on in uh, D.C. at the Capitol on Wednesday when they were counting the electoral votes. We've got Larry Alger with us from Gig Harbor, Washington, who is regular here on the show, a member of the Chaos Crew, Chaos 101 FM. Got some, uh, I guess, some some shit to tell us, some uh, high-power shit. Larry, welcome back to the show. What do you got? Well, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, justicenewsnetwork.com has been following the events of the 6th very closely. And I have seen hundreds of video clips and reports off of Twitter. You know, the mainstream media has got an incredible slant. You know, it's all Trump. It's all his fault. Well, what he did is he basically put together something that got out of hand and out of control. And it just is reflective of his his lack of situational awareness. You know, he's he's the most head up his ass president we've ever had, in my estimation. And to begin with, there was this incredible incident of irony. There was a woman that came all the way from Georgia to D.C. to protest the Stop the Steal and her little thing, you know, they got Trump signs and flags. She was carrying a, a, a don't tread on me flag, you know, the yellow flag with the snake that says don't tread on me. Yes. She got, she got trampled to death. Seriously? Seriously. She got trampled to death carrying this don't tread on me flag. How how ironic is that? The irony. Yes. Crazy. Uh, the I whole thing is saw, crazy. Hold on, hold on. This is like, this is a good fucking phrase. Just came across my stream. It says, in the end, Trump cost the Republicans the presidency, the Senate, and the House. 
The son of a bitch actually did it. He made America great again. I like I that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But, Apropos. You know, so the lady got... She was carrying a flag that don't said "Don't tread on me." That's the one, like with the snake or something. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, exactly. The Revolutionary yeah. War days, and they trampled her. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. She got trampled to death. I guess. So they tread upon her. Read. Yeah. So now, was it really? You, you, if you look at it, let's let's talk about yeah. the <clears throat> the events that took place. I mean, Trump got them riled up. He did. Told him, I'll yes, meet you there. We're all going there together. Then he bailed, went to the White House. Didn't keep his word. Imagine that. But the point is, all those people that went into the Capitol, they did that on their own free will. I'm not going to blame Trump for them going in there. I don't think he knew necessarily they were going to go in. I don't, I don't know. This is just my own opinion. But these people, they're rounding people up. Uh, they just arrested the guy that was sitting like in Pelosi's office and stole an envelope yeah, in Arkansas. over there on her desk. They arrested him. But all these people, they had free will. God gave us all free will when we're born. I mean, yeah. God gave me free will, said, oh, you want to break the law, go ahead. These people and you are, did. And, and I did. <laughs> and these people are fucked. Here's why. If you yep. refer to, and I posted this yesterday, yep. Title 18 of the U.S. Code, Section 2384, seditious conspiracy. I don't see it as an insurrection. I don't see it as a coup. But what the statute says, it's a quick statute, if two or more persons in any state or territory or any place subject to the jurisdiction of the United States Conspire to overthrow, well, nobody did that, put down or destroy by force the government of the United States, they didn't do that, or levy war against them, they didn't do that, or to oppose by force the authority thereof, well, maybe they did that, but here's the clincher, or by force prevent, hinder, or delay, the word delay, it's right in the law. The execution of any law of the United States or by force to seize, take any property in the U.S. Well, we know they stole shit out of the Capitol. Contrary to the authority thereof, they shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years. And I'm reading this Hmm. off my uh, Facebook page. The phrase, delay the execution of law, is the real key. The protesters who broke into the Capitol, they have an extraordinary strong case against these people. Since they used force, and they did, to hinder the execution of our laws governing the election and how electoral votes are counted. And they can charge every fucking one of them with that. They will call it a conspiracy. They will. And if they really want to get cute and clever... They can go after Trump, too, on the conspiracy, because the way the laws and conspiracy reads, that he counseled them. He consulted with them by basically stirring shit up. Now, I don't know if that would ever go anywhere, but Trump is the he was the catalyst to all this. So they're rounding people up right now. And, you know, 
this, these people are facing serious time. A felony charge of destruction of government property, over $1,000, depending on what was damaged, that's punishable life to 10 years in prison. What do you think those... And Trump signed that law. What do you think the windows and doors they broke? What do you think that's worth? What do you think that? What do you think it's going to cost to repair that? More than a thousand dollars. the cost to repair. You well, considering considering government considering the way the government allows contracts, they're probably about four million dollars per door. Well, there you go. Yeah. So we group them all together in well, a that's, that's this week. In two weeks, in two weeks, that'll be eight million dollars per door. Okay, oh, yeah. eight million. <laughs> but let's just say it's a thousand and one dollars. You're okay, missing well, the big picture. It's simplicity it's sake. It's just over a grand. All right? But, but Larry. That's Larry, punishable by matter. 10 years in the feds. On the high end. A, hold on. On the high end, charges of civil disorder, interfering with law enforcement, or inciting a riot could be possible up to a seditious conspiracy and that's a charge punishable up to 20 years in prison. So we have sort of breaking and entering, but Larry Alger has video that he has seen, and we've got a guy who's going to call in, hopefully he calls in, who's actually there, traveled from New York with some friends to... I've got a friend who was actually there, too. And uh, Eddie? Didn't, didn't Larry, didn't you see... Didn't you see a video, Larry, where people went in the side door, like the cops invited them in or hand slapped them or something? Yeah, and and since we talked earlier, I have found another video. Um, It it was the first one I saw was just like a live stream from somebody's phone, right? And and then I found a video that was put together. It's a five-minute video. I just posted it up on my uh, alternative Facebook page because well, you're in jail uh, right now. Yeah, I'm in jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm convicted. You know, there's well, there's no trial, no Facebook nothing. We've all been in jail before for one reason or yeah. another. But, yeah. But this was a reporter that was with these people, and it shows the door, a side door opening up. People yep. start going in. And there's a line of cops on each side saying, oh, no, you can't come in here. But they do nothing. And the, the right. press, the press, the reporter walks up to this one cop and says, oh, what's going to happen next? Uh, I'm with the press. Well, you can't come in here. And she just marches right on in uh, and up the stairs to the rotunda the with the rest of them. The thing was orchestrated to create a narrative so that they could take action, which is what they're doing. Everything is... Everything has been planned out and and is was designed to support the actions they're going to set forth and trying to pass new laws. So, so Scott, let me ask you a Good question. Execution. Scott's a Trump supporter. He's got some wild fucking theories sometimes. I think Scott uh, hit the fucking weed and the LSD a little hard. But, Scott, do you believe that these weren't really Trump supporters that were there, that they were like Antifa, as they no. say? You don't think it was QAnon? No, I I believe this is more akin to exactly what happened with the BLM protest getting hijacked for the last several months, is they have antagonists, they have people that are paid to get in there and to fire up the situation and create, to be the catalyst, to be the spark, and then 
the mob follows along afterwards. So do you believe that Trump riled the people up? Scott, hold on, Scott, do you believe that Trump riled the people up? Uh, He riled them up to go and make their voices heard and to have free speech and to make sure that their their opinions were heard, but not to take actions like this. Absolutely not. No, he didn't know. That's what I I'm not a Trump supporter by any means, but I believe that, too. Trump told them to go and take the country back or something. He would make right. your voice heard. Yeah, and, and as usual, he said, them, hey. in a way that, he said things in a way that, that could have been worded better, obviously. Um, but he did not he incite anybody on, to He's yeah. not smart enough to understand, or maybe he was, what could have happened. And this is why people are jumping ship on him. Well, but I don't they think he was expecting action. them to storm. I don't think he was expecting them to storm the Capitol. Well, did you know? But those doors came open for those people, and they were allowed in. Exactly, amazing video. Why? Why? If the if the mayor if Mayor Muriel Bowser requested and was approved to have National Guard troops, they were preparing for any situation, any scenario. They were ready for it. Why did they allow it? To happen. That's why it happened because it was allowed to happen. And the National Guard, the National Guard was put was was held back for ninety minutes. Okay. Well, but yeah, but the National Guard, National Guard was supposed to be in place to do mundane things like traffic control and do things to free the DC, the Capitol Police, up to do their job. They weren't actually supposed to be there. Yeah. Right, exactly. Who, before, who told them not to? It's the same shit that went yeah. down with all the BLM protests. They backed down and allowed things to happen to help create the narrative that they wanted. And then they stepped Okay, in. and two, two days before, uh, the Pentagon told the, uh, the D.C. National Guard that they were not going to be issued riot, riot gear or ammunition. Two I didn't hear about before. that. So they were going to walk yeah, in just they, holding their they dick didn't in want, their hands. Yeah, the military did not want the National Guard to appear, and the, they, they, the political figures did not want any quote-unquote military presence to be, because all the attacks they had uh, brought against Trump for everything that happened in Portland and anywhere else, they didn't want the, the they wanted the optics to be right. They were more concerned okay. about optics than actual law enforcement. Perhaps. All right. We've got on with us. We've got a special guest on with us, Eddie from New York. Eddie was actually there. Eddie was at the Trump speech. Eddie was at the Capitol. Eddie, welcome to the show. Tell us your reflections, what you saw. Uh, Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, we um, I I was at the at the rally. Uh, We showed up. We went to a, a certain area where we're all going. The place was packed out. I don't know how many people were there. I mean, I heard, um, you know, some people were saying three million. I don't know if that was number was no, accurate, no, three million. It, was there cops at the rally, Eddie? Um, they're not really. Uh, there, it wasn't like not. I mean, there were there was a police presence, um, but it wasn't overwhelming at all. No, not really. There was maybe one on a one a bike on a bike over here, maybe one on a like something you would see routinely in your own neighborhood. So we've got. Thousands, tens of thousands of people gathered, maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know. I think hundreds of thousands, definitely. Okay. 
We've got yeah. a sprinkling of cops on bicycles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, what What's wrong with this picture in any circumstance? And might and might I point out that most Everything. of those tens of thousands were well behaved in spite of the lack of uh, police presence. Oh yeah, absolutely. There That's correct. Any type yes. of, there wasn't any type of screening going on. They right. weren't checking us, you know, for anything. We didn't. Uh, there was nothing like that at all. We just were free to roam about, right. and we, you know, there was a certain area where we knew the stage would and be. Everybody and everybody was well behaved until the instigator showed up. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. When we okay, so what happened was he gave us the speech. You know, we had Rudy come on, and you know, Rudy told everybody that you know they got him, they have him in real time, that they're they're doing the same thing in Georgia, and we caught him red-handed. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. came on, a bunch of people came on, Paxton from Texas. Um, you know, they're like, hey, we got him. And then Trump came on, you know, and he did the same speech. You know, they did this. They did that. They did. You know, he's going on and on and on like he always does about, you know, the alleged fraud. And um, and then he turned around and he's like, I hope Pence does the right thing. He has the power. I don't know. I'm, I'm hearing bad power. things, you know, <laughs> like Pence might not do the right thing. And then uh, at the end, he turned around. It's like, yeah, go march on. Let your voice be heard. You know, they're not going to they're not going to do this to us. And uh, right. we we all went. So we started marching, and the march was nice. I I covered some of it. You know, I I you know I videoed our, ourselves, my group, and some people. And when we I got there, it. there wasn't any police presence there either that I that I noticed. And we because were able to needed. literally just we were able to walk right up the Capitol steps. And I didn't go to the actual door. There was lots of people in front of me, but I was able to listen intently, and I. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just thought we were going to start chanting. And my vision was we were, they were going to be voting and we were going to be chanting, you know, stop the steal and stuff right. like that. It would echo through the chamber. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm hearing yelling, hey, hey, they're, they're, they're letting us in. Come on, let's go. Everyone's happy. You know, they're, they're excited. And then next thing you know, um, this, is, this is all I can say. I mean, there's speculation. There's other reports. But from my own experience, being there personally, Next thing you know, I hear commotion, screaming, yelling. Um, I hear I hear people screaming Antifa. <laughs> uh, they're saying Antifa's here. Uh, no. I saw some people falsely be falsely accused of being from Antifa uh, that were near me. They were because um, they were dressed a certain way with their hoods, and then tear gas started being sprayed everywhere. And that's where I I just right. turned around. And that's another and that's home. another false report and a falsity from uh, from Biden and Harris is they're saying, oh, well, BLM would have been treated very differently. Nobody was tear gassed. Yes, they were. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The tear gas was all over the place. They were sent. They were. I'm not savvy. I don't really know, you know, the ins and outs about these types of repellents. But they were, it looks like it was tear gas grenades that were being sent. Right. Canisters were being thrown on top of the spray. So it was being sprayed and there was canisters of it being uh, launched. Who who was deploying? Hold on, Eddie. Who was deploying the tear gas? The cops? Capitol Police? D.C. Police. The D.C. Police. Did you notice Capitol Police, right? Yeah, but how much time time had gone by before they started deploying that? Uh, I mean... I, I don't know exactly. Um, it could have been a couple about, minutes or twenty it minutes. It could have been about no longer about fifteen to twenty minutes approximately. Right. They allowed. They notice, allowed it to escalate before they did anything. Eddie, Wait, did you me. notice a difference in professionalism between the Capitol Police and the DC Police? No, I, I didn't have 
I honestly, I didn't, I, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have that type of um, encounter. Did you see? Okay, did you see any law enforcement there in the turtle suits and the riot gear? Uh, no, not until much later on when they once they they set the curfew. That's when they came out. They started my, coming my friend, in. Yep. My friend Kate, who was there at the at the Capitol steps, said that she and others could see visibly people that had been identified previously at other events as Antifa leaders being dropped off at key locations prior to this commencing. Yeah, I didn't. And they were asking, what are these people? Why are people being dropped off? What's going on? And then it happened. Yeah, Everybody I, wanted and there in there weren't on that it. many of them. I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I did see at one point there were people, I was able to see people that were breaking windows um, and they were hitting it. And I saw people in red hats grab them <laughs> and like throw them down. Um, I, it, to me, it looked like they were preventing them from breaking things, you know, and obviously, obviously people are going to say I'm biased, but that is the one visual that I did have. Um, that I saw people trying to stop people from acting like crazy. Maybe they were. Yeah, the mo most of the people there would want to stop it from happening yeah. because they don't want, they were there to be heard, not to have this happen. Yeah. There were people pissed off. Everyone, you know, th there was, there was tough talk going on, you know, Hey, we're not going to take it, that kind of stuff. Uh, but th the vibe that I got and what was in my heart was we would do a roaring, you know, chant and, you know, at, thunder to the chamber you know while they're doing their thing to hope that they would uh you know that they would agree to look at the evidence and that was our that was our that was, that was our goal thank you from the bottom of my heart for being there and letting your voice be heard hey thanks man eddie That's this is crazy larry shit larry how, well, well, hold on let me jump back to eddie so okay eddie how long what time did you get to the rally what time did it start roughly PC time. All right. Um, well, we were supposed to all get there by around, um, I think the rally started at, they said it was officially starting at 11 uh, a.m. We told, we were told to get there by nine, um, you know, I guess to get, to get seats. We had, we, we kind of had a big mix up. We, uh, we hopped in a, we hopped in a cab. We told them where we were going and the guy took us 30 minutes out of the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, Middle Eastern we, probably. We got to walk there, you know? but um, we probably got there around, um, I would say about 945 and we just hung around and uh, it started a little after 11. It, it didn't start right away. A little, and it was predominantly about women for Trump. They were the first ones to come on. Really? Yeah. And All right, Eddie, I got a question through, okay. for you. Go ahead. All right. Um, you, you saw... Trump's full speech, right? Yeah. Okay. And it was about an hour and 10, 15 minutes, something like that, correct? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And during that time, he talked predominantly about uh, the election irregularities. Yeah, the election irregularities, but specifically about they were there to have the uh, elections recertified, sent back to the states so that they could consider the new mountains of information that have recently become available. That was the message. 
That was the purpose yes. of of the the rally. Stop this! We need to have these re, these um, audits recertified to make sure that uh, it's correct. Everything's, everything's on the up and up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's what it was about, right, Eddie? That's that's what it was all about. Yeah. So, Eddie, yeah. do you think they changed the votes in the machine? I don't know. Um, I know that they, you know, there was that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, this, this was um, pretty chaotic, this whole entire thing. I watched the, I don't know, you know, you're hearing about the Dominion, um, the Dominion machines. The only thing that I learned about the Dominion machines is that in Michigan, allegedly there was a tech that caught a, a quote unquote glitch. And when he caught that glitch, it took thousands of votes that were supposed to go for Trump that they confirmed it went from Biden. And then when he fixed the quote unquote glitch, thousands went back. Yeah. And that that could be your computer does shit like that. We all have seen that. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, You know, I'm hearing a lot of bad things about Dominion. I don't, I don't know what's right and what's wrong. And it would be great if we actually were able to take a look. Here's my contention. Okay. It makes sense to do an audit and look, just, just, Bring it out. Okay. But how did Mitch McConnell? Okay, hold on a minute. You're right. How did Mitch McConnell win? Certainly that somebody was fucking with the machines. Possibly, Mitch McConnell yeah. would not have won. Yeah, how did really Ted Cruz win? Also, hold on. Let's look, at human the states. <laughs> Let's look at the states that were in question. Let's look at Nevada and Arizona. Georgia, other places. Some of these legislators, Republican legislators, that actually were on the ballot that won, they're claiming that the votes were false. Well, wouldn't that mean that the people that – the votes that they got, the election results on them? Yes and no. They're saying – They're pointing out (laughs) that – they're pointing out the disparity of the down ballot votes, which is different from the top of the ballot vote. It makes no sense statistically and historically that there could be that many down ballot votes for one for, for Republicans. And yet the guy at the top of the ticket got nowhere even close. Who that knows? No I mean, look at the time. Hold on. Look at the timeline, though. I'm just originally, they started counting. Hold on. Originally, they started counting. The absentee ballots, the mail-in ballots. Okay, that shot Biden ahead everywhere. Then they stopped, and they started doing the same-day count, people that actually were in line. Yeah, but voted. they stopped for several hours in all those states oh, at the same time. Let's, ju- let's just break this down. So they stopped the mail-in count. They stopped the absentee count. They did the actual counts from that day. That shot Trump way ahead. Well, when they were done counting the votes that came in that day, then they went back to the mail-in votes and the absentee votes, which were obviously Biden votes, because Trump told people, Trump told, we're not going to do this commercial break. Trump and that, that, told, on a tra- that on its face on. made Trump sense. told people not to, he told people not to mail-in ballots. So, Gee, all those other mail-in ballots, they counted. Of course they were for Biden. 
that shot Biden ahead. I'm not saying it's that right. exact number. Simplistically, that, that makes shot sense. Biden yeah. ahead. Trump's <laughs> saying they found mysterious votes. Well, they already knew. Look at the election that they just had the runoff in Georgia. They already knew ahead of time, before they even counted, they knew how many ballots were sitting there in the different precincts and in the different counties that were mail-in ballots that they could not count ahead of time. And they did not. But they already knew the number. They didn't know who they were for. Trump was spouting that those were all fraudulent, but the numbers all matched. I mean, nobody, I don't know, I'm I'm guessing, but it makes sense. It sounds logical. But then again, who the fuck knows? Larry, did you watch any of the hearings that they had, like in Pennsylvania and across the other states where... I did. I did watch Arizona. The eyewitnesses came forward and... Um, these people, you know, there were some, there were some kooky folks in there, but it was predominantly like, you know, some level-headed, articulate people, and right. a lot of them took the job. There was a pattern. There were a lot of people there. Obviously, they were Republican, um, but you know, some of them were a part of the pollster thing. You know, the, the count for 30 years, and they they took that job very seriously, and um, you could tell. And if you listen to their testimony that they sworn on an affidavit, right, um, you know, where they could get in a lot of trouble for lying. I mean, if, Urgery, you, didn't hear that, if you didn't hear their testimony, I mean, that really did it for me. When That really did it for me. And the fact that you had all those witnesses, you have all those statements, you have all that. Oh, I agree. Eddie, I agree 100 percent. But let's examine yeah. this one oh, yeah. step. How do you further? have a pallet with 100,000 votes? 100,000 ballots, and not one of them is for Trump. That makes no sense. Because they were mail-in, and probably some of them were. Okay. Hey, Larry. Larry, let me break in for a second. Let me break in, because you guys are debating this count and this and that, and who gives a fuck? They have the count. They certified the guy. He's going to be the president. But that being said, I want to say something to Eddie. Eddie, you went to the event, the rally. Yeah. And you went there to wave your flag and shout and support your opinion. Yep. And that's your right. That's your First Amendment right, freedom of speech, and commend you on that. Your opinion yes. of who's right and wrong, that's on you, brother. But I think you did the right thing when you saw people actually breaking into the federal building and actually starting to riot. I think you and your group did the right thing. You guys made a personal choice. We're not going to partake in this riot of breaking in, destroying property, and and people losing their lives. You turned around, you walked away. Larry and I have been through two prison riots. I've been through a bigger one on my own before I met Larry. You always have a fucking personal choice. Am I going to go stab that motherfucker, beat somebody with a baseball bat, bust up the place, or am I going to go back to my cell, be armed and ready to protect, protect myself. You have a personal fucking choice in life. Okay? It's called responsibility. Be a fucking yeah. man and own up to your own responsibility. I commend you because you made a personal choice and you decided, well, this ain't what I signed up for. And you turned around and you walked. The motherfuckers yeah. that didn't, who crashed through the doors, who trampled that woman... The other woman got shot because she was there. That's her personal choice. You can't blame the cops for shooting that bitch. 
You can't okay. blame the cops for shooting an unarmed well, woman. I gotta tell you, I was trying to enter a door. Those people that went into the Pelosi's office, they went into the chamber, they stole, they defaced. What's it take? They got a paint swastikas on the wall for you guys? I don't know. I don't know if it's certain that... They were in there with Confederate flags. Hey, I'm talking here, motherfucker. They went in there with Confederate flags. The fucking South lost 140 fucking years ago. Get over it. There ain't no South. There ain't no tradition. This wasn't the South versus the North. shut the fuck up. People hanging nooses outside to terrorize black people. If, no, they, they didn't. Painted Nothing about this was racist. Stop trying we to make this world no, there were black people we there. There were, there were lots of blacks. Put down not there and there were even more Chinese people. I couldn't believe it. Years. You're going to condone this shit? I'm sorry. That wasn't that wasn't Eddie happening. Did the though. right thing. No, my, the majority. No, no. My, I need to point out one. Another thing is a good point is that this it, it was called out while it was going on and it ended that night. It stopped. Unlike all of the BLM bullshit going on for the last year, where it would be going on for another fucking week with burning yeah. and looting and stealing yeah. and beating people to the ground. That it stopped. Yeah, there were hundreds of thousands are, of people are, there, and they weren't happy. If they wanted to get in, they would have. a whole different track here. Of course, you're going to say, oh, but the BLM, oh, this and that. We're not yeah, because, because you know what? We're because not talking you know about you're, Portland. You, we're not talking about Seattle. We're not talking about the yeah, BLM. We're talking about peaceful assembly. We're talking about peaceful assembly. No, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about this incident only. Hey, yeah. I'm never going to no, change. About, I'm no, never gonna change you were labeling these people as racist. Yeah, they were not. It was, it was actually racial harmony. It was racial God, harmony. I'm not just saying that. Calm down. Racial harmony, Sid. These people were standing as brothers and sisters in arms, supporting yep. their country and their view. No, None of these people were there I to commented, call arms. If you'd listen to me, what I said is I commented and said that Eddie did the right thing. He was there defending his First Amendment rights and speaking out. And then you when condemned Eddie everybody else. Going down, Eddie took personal responsibility and left. That now, wasn't the only one. Hundreds of thousands of people left the majority of the people there. Let me say this. Shut the fuck up for a minute. If you want to live in a country where this newly elected Mary Miller of Illinois to the Congress makes a statement to the, to the, to the whole country and the world... She said Hitler was right. These are the people that you Trump people are electing. Hitler was huh? right. The uh, people I'm in Charlottesville are very fine people the, on both sides. I didn't vote in Illinois. Most of the squad <laughs> you, are anti-Semitic Jew haters. I'm repeat myself one more time for you. Okay? okay. The South lost the Civil War. There is no fucking Confederacy. There is yeah, no, no more the Democrats know. party. There is no more communist in America, okay? What do you Both mean? We're, we're, it seems that we're living under communism right now. And if you want to condone the fact that these motherfuckers marched into the Capitol building, the very finest building we have in America, where our rights um, are upheld, said it was a and where we pass our laws, said what, and you said, condone this kind of shit, then you are fucked in the head, hey, brother. Come on, bro. How many years ago did how many years ago did armed how many years ago did a bunch of veterans march onto the march onto the Capitol and they didn't even make it on the step? You know what I mean? They didn't even make it on the step. It wasn't that long ago. What was it? Ten years ago? Talking about the right. But no, what? Ten years ago, Sid. Ten years. Ten years ago, Sid. This was a this was a total setup. 
this entire thing. There were hundreds Eddie, of thousands of Eddie, people there. Yes, the Eddie, only you're reason this happened. Eddie, you're talking to a guy who's fought the fucking government. The only reason this happened is because diapers. they allowed it. Your you, people you were said talking your to a Democrat, guy Socialist, Communist Party allowed it to happen. They wanted it to happen. They pushed for it to happen. They allowed it to happen. And you, you were condoning racism. You were condoning anti-Semitic people. You're condoning Democrat socialists who want the end of Israel, the end of Jews, and the and they are calling for racism. Your side is calling for separation according to skin color and gender. Fifty nine. I don't even know where you fucking get that. I don't even know. What do you mean? That's bullshit, Scott. Can I just say something for a moment? You have all right. Calm down, people. Calm down. Can I make a statement? Eddie, go ahead, Eddie. All right. So this is my opinion, and Sid's going to disagree, and a lot of other people will, but some other people are going are gonna to agree with me on this one. So what I'm seeing right now are it's a typical Sololinsky tactic taking place of projection. Um, accusations you. of racism um, are being brought to the table, quid pro quo. It's been on and on. And then we find out when we put a microscope on it, there's nothing there. It's baseless. Um, and then, unfortunately, the opposing side making the accusations are guilty of those very crimes they're accusing the other side of, of, of committing. And we can leave it there for a moment, but that's what's taking place. So you're calling Trump a racist, and you're saying anyone that's associated with him is a racist, which actually includes millions of blacks, millions of Latinos, millions of Chinese, you know, the whole nine yards. We're talking about a real melting pot here that love him. And, yeah, there's plenty of whites and blacks that do not like him. Um, but the call, label everyone a racist and say this is the message that we're getting behind is false. Uh, I don't. I, I can't really tap into Trump's life. I don't know if he ever used the N word before, if he's ever done anything oh, bad. Oh sure, come on, Eddie. I, well, I, I don't agree. know. I don't know. Well, listen, Eddie, I have a point. I, I have I'm a point. With you on this. I, I have Eddie. a point. Eddie, okay. I'm with you on this. Okay, I have a point to make. Okay. The people that you're getting behind your your choice your choice for president and vice president, they actually do have a history of being racist. Uh, Biden has a long history of being a segregationist. You can't get around yeah. that. It is what it is. And blacks have been hunted down because of his bills. And then you yeah. have one of the top cops in the form of Kamala Harris, who actually wreaked havoc on the minority community. And she was caught like making people go to jail for an astronomical amount of time for having a joint. In fact, there was a time, and this is all on record, where yep. she, recorded back. she was guilty of Withholding evidence well, that would have cleared a man would have cleared a man because he was you're, you're right on that, Eddie. But uh, I'm going to give you half credit on something. All right. Those laws, because I'm in, I'm from, I'm in California. That's Me where too. she was our uh, attorney general. Then she was our senator, and now who knows what the fuck she is. But the point is, those laws were enacted by the state, and she was enforcing them. She didn't create her own Did she enforce no. withholding the evidence? The attorney, the attorney general, she Larry, had okay, the I hear what you're saying. The attorney general chooses what to prosecute. An attorney general doesn't make the fucking laws anywhere. Okay, but they, no, come on, they have a they have a, chooses which laws. She chooses which cases go. to That's prosecute. Right. She had the discretion on what to prosecute and what she to not. She had evidence that cleared a man's name. He was going to go to jail for life. She, she, she decided to withhold that evidence. The Supreme Court kicked in and made her give it. 
Come on, guys. She waited until so, he was dead. She waited until he was dead and then re- revealed the evidence. Yep. Yeah. So, By court you know, order. a piece of shit. arguing. Eddie, I, I agree with a piece of shit. Eddie, Eddie. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't like Biden. I don't like Biden's history. Okay? Kamala is a different screwed. story. I'm not going to debate about her. But I don't like Biden. But I don't like the con guy either. Okay? I just don't like the con guy. Okay? And I still think that you did the right thing. When you Bernie, saw people starting to commit crimes of breaking and entering and, and forcing their way into the building, you did the right thing. You did And nobody's it. condoning it. Nobody's and, condoning and, what and, they did. And everybody, what I'm everybody is, is condemning is the it. People, again, you're cutting in to Juan talking. What's the matter with you? So what I'm saying, Eddie, is the people that did do that stuff, that did go into the building, that caused people to die, okay, yeah. by their own commission or by just forcing that whole scenario, those people really should be prosecuted to the maximum point of the law. We and, all agree and Eddie, on that. Eddie, Eddie, don't disagree with me. I have never been a Republican or a Democrat. I've always been an outlaw. I've always thought differently than both possible parties. I believe in the Constitution and our freedoms. And I believe that guys like Larry and I should be given back our Second Amendment rights. I agree. Okay, there's no reason that we should be prevented from having Second Amendment rights. I agree. We did our I agree time. On, we paid I agree our on all that, too. Years. Listen, I have lost millions of dollars in confiscation under drug laws. I have given up time. Okay, so you're talking to somebody that's got some real-life experience. But I do believe, okay, that if you do the crime and they catch you, <laughs> the idea is not to get caught. You do the time and you hold up to it. You're right about, you don't you're come right up about with all that. Those bullshit excuses I'm hearing. No, you're right about that. Those that took made that decision to attack law enforcement, break things, and threaten the lives of those that are there while that count was going on, regardless if they agreed with it or not, they were definitely in the wrong, and they should definitely get in trouble. Uh, right. I don't know how much of it is set up. The photo ops that we're seeing, the people sitting at the desk, the ones sitting at the podium where the where the president sits, uh, stands. I, you know, I don't. I can't believe they even got in there and did that. It's very fishy to me. We are all in deep trouble, every one of us, yes. left or I right. And when you. they're done targeting the you. Trump people, they're going to come for everyone else who doesn't agree, and they're going to tighten the noose. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I well, agree that. Well, uh, Eddie, I mean, I, I'm going to right along with you in this card. I believe 9-11 was a setup, yep. okay? I, I definitely believe that was a setup to Me take too. away our freedoms. I believe going into Iraq, and having the war about weapons of mass destruction that never existed was a setup. There's a whole lot of things that I won't, it's hard to say our government, our politicians that are controlled by somebody else other than them for, for money and greed. And they're, 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 they're dirty. They're all and blackmail. Okay. Blackmail. Everything. Whatever, all these things happen because there are the groups, and it, yeah, they call them the them, the they, the this, the that. Call it whatever you want. It's the fucking money in the world that does this to hold power. And you know what? Whether we're black, white, Jewish, uh, Mexican, Chinese, we're just the motherfuckers living on the plantation. 
paying all the taxes and trying to survive, bro. There ain't no difference between any of us. And I got to tell you something. Most of the most of the brothers that I've had dealings with for the last five or six decades in business and in jail and, and in life in general, most of them guys, not all of them, but most of them guys are pretty stand-up motherfuckers. And I've had a lot of Italian yep. partners, and I got to tell you, a lot of them motherfuckers straight out fucking broke weak and became rats the minute the heat was on. And I've had some that have been really down brothers, too. You know, it don't matter. I mean, it's either in a guy's heart or it's not in his heart. And the outside shell is not the determining factor. I'm just the only thing I'm saying about this whole thing is those that actually went in there and defaced and disgraced and did all these things in the eyes of the world, those motherfuckers got to pay. Okay? The people like you, okay. Eddie, are we, are we done with that? Can we get back to was it? In a I, I, I got to hear, no, no, hear. You're Eddie's sad. best friend now. Can we get back to you calling people racist? I mean, you're like no, washing no, over that. Let's get back to I didn't call anybody how the election was stolen. <laughs> how oh, was please. it stolen? I, I, got, I can't listen to that word shit no more either. <laughs> He called uh, everybody other than Eddie a racist and and a horrible person, and now you're t- now you're acting like he's your best friend in the world, and you can love, love him even more than you did before. <laughs> you you have right. a way of twisting everything into theft. Scott logic. Election theft. Okay, that's all I know. Scott, Election theft. It's called gaslighting. You want to take everybody into some kind of corner? <laughs> no, that's what you're doing. <laughs> I have one no, question. You're gaslighting. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, don't, you're I don't wish to engage in conversation with you because of, of the way you look at everything in life. I'm sorry. We're just on way too many different planes. I was painting who into a corner now. Don't talk to me. See? Okay? That's gaslighting. <laughs> well, hang hang, hang up and go away again, Sid. <laughs> You're, you're Scott, fucking, remember you're when you said to me, Colson, Scott, Colson, motherfucker person. Yes. Scott, remember when you said to me you tried to reach out to Sid and yes. message him and he didn't answer? Do you remember what I told yes. you why he didn't? Because Sid thinks you're a fucking douchebag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Plain and simple, buddy. I know. I, 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 I understand that. One question. And, and, and yet... And yet, and here's and here's the point, Larry. I reached out to him anyway. Bingo. Terry Cook. Hold on. Terry Cook is mumbling something in the background. Terry hasn't been able to say shit. Terry, okay. make sure it's relevant. Go ahead. One question to the crew. What is the penalty for murdering a police officer with a fire extinguisher? Did they spray him with it or hit him with it? They hit broke with the it. window and no, they. That's called felonious. Yeah, depends on. on the method of execution. That's called. Had, was it intentional? Was they it murder? Was it murder? Manslaughter? Was it felonious assault? There's there's circumstantial shit. Okay, I'd say felonious assault. I don't think they meant to kill the mother. Did you drop it on a, out a window on him or? Well, no, he if you look at the conspiracy and he it. laws, he sprayed it with the doggone poison. Okay. Look at it like that. Under the conspiracy stroke. laws, they could all be them. held liable. And you're, and yeah, they if you all don't, accessories to yeah. that crime, you, then it you becomes could say, to what degree 
and who it was. And they'll never really know. Well, here, here's what's happening now, Larry. Here's what's happening no. now, Larry, is that Democrats will argue, oh, well, he should have known that there could be asthmatics in the hallway, and therefore him using a fire extinguisher, anybody that suffered any injuries from that was him intending on trying to murder them. Did they the law works, Scott? Hold on, Scott. The way the law works... Yes. It doesn't look at that intent. The fact is, I understand. the guys said, let me give you an example. I know I that agree. you're a legal scholar and you're before the Supreme Court. Let's say that you are the getaway driver for a bank robbery. And somebody goes into the bank and it's an innocent thing and they just give a note to somebody. I want the money. There's no gun there. There's nothing there. The teller goes and gets the guy the money. But on the way to the vault to get the money or on the way to the cash drawer, the person, the teller, slips and falls, splits their head open, and dies. Now, it the guy during, is in the bank. It happened during he the commission of the ordered felony. to do this. But guess what they're going to charge the guy in the car outside who never went in? It He's happened an during accessory the accessory to yep. the crime. Absolutely. And they accessory are after the fact. My and point, that is my point why is not, all my these point is, people. My point is not that. The guy in the car, had. they have to prove intent on what on No, what, they don't. In the feds, they to don't. You're wrong, Scott. Scott. To what degree he would be charged. have to prove intent. No, He's I don't mean to be guilty of. accessory because, listen. Yes, that that is guilty of. I understand that. Because I agree. he participated. I agree. Now, my, my, he may not my get point the is, same sentence. That's what I'm talking they're about. they're all equally as guilty. Well, that, that's where you're wrong. They're not equally as guilty. There would be different well, okay. degrees. Okay, these what aren't my laws. I didn't what write the, these laws, Scott. Right. These are the federal well, laws, the uh, conspiracy right. one, laws. One could be charged with murder, while the other one could be charged with involuntary manslaughter. You understand That's the true. difference, right? But the fact That's what is, I'm talking about. the way the law is going to work, look at it, they're all equally guilty in contributing to that person's it, death. Yes, on the basic level of contributing to the death. Yes, I agree. And they will all be sentenced, and the death will come in. Now, if you look at the Federal Bureau of Prisons, let's just use them as an example. This person ends up, let's say, getting five years for being an accessory to a bank robbery. They had nothing to do with ordering the person in the bank around, nothing right. at all, but the person died. That, that person, that defendant who was out in the car, he won't be eligible to take the drug program and get time off because he's guilty of a crime of violence, even right. though he had nothing at all to do with the violence. So they will identify as many of these people as they can who are kind enough to take pictures and put them on social media. That's a special kind of stupid. And they will charge several of these people as accessories. In the death of that woman, even though the cop shot her, check this out, even though the cop shot her, the fact is somebody died. And 
these people will have manslaughter, murder, whatever it is. They'll weave that into the charges. The cop that ended up, what did he have, a stroke or something, Eddie? Were you there That's what when I heard. he died? I don't or know what's right. You don't know. But the fact is, the cop died. Yeah, it's a contributory negligence, so they're going to go after everybody, and they will add that on. Is it really right to hit all these people with it? No. So do you think everyone who registered in America work? People, most people registered to go to this thing. They were told to, and they signed their name, their where? email, the whole nine yards. Eddie, did you register? I bet you I did. did. I did. You did? Yeah. It's all crazy. All right, hey, I've got, got one more. I've got one more. i got one more uh, item. Okay, go did ahead, you Larry. Hear about, did you hear about the guy who was inside? He was part of the break-in, and he was trying to gleep a uh, picture of Tip O'Neill. <laughs> and he no. had a taser <laughs> no. in his pocket. Okay. Crazy world, huh? Hey, you guys, this is Nicole. I'm signing off. Love y'all. Have a good night. All right, Nicole. Bye, Nicole. Have a nice weekend. I had a taser in his pocket, set it off, and he tased himself in the balls and had a heart attack. Oh, man. Hey, I'm going to sign off, too. It was great great being on, and I'll just leave leave it off a little bit like this. I, I don't even care about the election anymore. We're all in danger. I think we're going to take notice that the people that supported the president are going to be under the microscope. There's going to be some trouble there. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm yeah. wrong. But when they're done no, with them, right. they're you're coming correct. for all of us, the rest of us. Yep. All right. Yay. God bless Good you guys. Hey, take Eddie. care of yourself. All right. Well, for the Thank you, Eddie. Show, appreciate you. Chaos Good to talk to you, Eddie. Out of Los Angeles. Later, Eddie. Out of New York. I want to thank everyone who listened, everyone who called in. Everyone who contributed, I apologize to those that weren't able to speak and get a word in edgewise, but the best advice I could give you, speak up, motherfuckers. Just don't sit there like a fucking, like a fucking zit on a nipple. Anyway. Zero. A, I like nipples. Have a, well, yes, me too. Have a safe weekend. Wear your mask. If you're a mask wearer, I hope you don't get the virus, and we'll be back with you next week. Take care. Tune in next week for more straight-up, no-holds-barred talk from the host of Street Justice, Larry Levine. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.